There are seven bone-chillingly short days left until the 2022 midterm elections, the most consequential elections of our lifetimes. I don't think at this point uh, that that is an overstatement. Um, It's been a really disturbing week on all sorts of fronts, both um, the both OPEC and Elon Musk seem to have joined the Republican Party full-throatedly and uh, are going to do anything they can to throw the election to the Republicans. In yet another election cycle, the Republicans win by cheating, lying, and stealing. Uh, the Supreme Court seems poised to overturn decades of pre- precedents and get rid of affirmative action, which has been one of the most successful programs in this country's history. Um, The political violence in this country on the right is out of control, and yet an attempted assassination on the woman who is second in line to the presidency has been treated like a fucking joke by the leaders of the Republican Party who are directly responsible for the kinds of rhetoric and and actions, quite frankly, that led to the attempted assassination in the first place. Of course, the mainstream media seems once again to be asleep on the job, not only not treating this incident with the seriousness it deserves, um, failing to frame it properly, but also by misleading its readers and viewers by allowing... Uh, partisan Republican polling to be factored into their assessment of what is going to happen next week. So I'm just going to start here by saying, if you want to save your democracy, vote early, because voting early is, is, is really good for Democrats. And the last thing I'll say before I bring in Jen and Dahlia is if you're white, if you're male, if you're Christian, if you're straight, or any combination of those things, oh yeah, if you're rich, if you're any combination of those things, please think very carefully before you cast a vote and understand that by voting for democracy, you are not losing anything. You are just allowing other people finally to... um, participate in government the way you've always been allowed to. So uh, that's 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 how we're going to kick things off. Uh, Jen, Dahlia, thank you so much for being here. Dahlia, especially since I know you're, you're really under the weather. Uh, so, you know, obviously if you need to, to leave, we will completely understand. Uh, so I want to start with you. First of all, check in to see how you're doing. And... Um, Oh, and also, of course, I forgot to mention that uh, John Roberts. Oh, look, a, a Venetian oh, has, God, has joined, a little uh, comic relief. Venetian thank you. Destroyed our ranks and a little pumpkin. <laughs> um, it's Halloween week here. Um, <clears throat> uh, that John Roberts has has once again made the political <laughs> decision to uh, delay uh, the release. I watch of. Uh, 
Donald fucking tax returns. It's just so maddening. We have so uh, the prevailing headwinds seem to be getting stronger. Anyway, Dahlia, how are you? Uh, yeah, so happy. <laughs> it's 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 festive gourd season, bitches. Um, good to see everyone. Um, and yes, I am I am climbing back from uh, being sick. And I know Wash was sick, and Mary was sick. Like we're all just here, kind of hanging. Was, on. Yeah, Jen. Jen I got sick. you all sick on the podcast. I think I, somehow Brian, we've been spreading. I mean, I don't have COVID as far as I know, but everybody else seems to have been spreading COVID around just virtually yeah which is, it's, it's, it's very contagious it's, i'm always sick without having to have covid yeah i know it's it's zoom covid um just two quick things first of all hi everyone it's been a little while and um you know you you said something mary that i think is really worth um pulling on as a framing point which is uh, you know, almost six hours of oral arguments yesterday in the affirmative action cases, one out of UNC, one out of Harvard. And the thing that just kept coming up over and over again was this idea of zero sum college admissions. And Justice Alito couldn't let it go. And Justice Alito also made a really incandescently shitty crack about um, Elizabeth Warren that I just think is so beneath contempt, but I'm just going to put it there. But I think this idea of zero-sum America is really worth centering for a minute, because as long as you are walking around terrified that someone else is getting your stuff, and they're getting your stuff because they're an immigrant, or of the color of their skin, or because of their religion. Like, I just think that the generosity with which you open this, Mary, is really the thing that was not in evidence at the court. And, um, you know, we can talk about the case or not, but I think that the idea that we are going to frame democracy as a thing in which a lot of people who've been getting free stuff for 200 years are now pissed off because other people are getting stuff to which they think they are entitled is really the absolute wrong footing on which to start both this election and this conversation. And that, um, you know, life doesn't have to be construed as zero sum all the time. Uh, it can be construed as uh, a matter like of- Cambridge. Yeah, I mean, a, a rising tide that raises all boats and that we are all better off if we can be a little capacious in our notions of who deserves what and why. And so just to your point, Mary, about how you vote and how you think about voting in the days to come, especially against this backdrop of just chilling stochastic terror that I know Waj wants to talk about um, because chilling stochastic terror is our band name. Um, I think that it's really, it should be. I think it's really worth um, a quick kind of table setting reframe that you just did about why it is that we're all being um, led to believe that if anyone gets anything, we are necessarily diminished by it. That's not a predicate for a healthy democracy. Yeah, and we don't have a healthy the, democracy, Dahlia. No, we don't. We have a very the, the democracy is sicker than we are collectively. I think. Yeah. Uh, at this point, um, and and as to the zero sum game point, you know, as as you all know, I grew up in a family in which uh, it it was all about the zero sum game, and you know, only one person could have everything, and that was for some 
bizarre reason had to be Donald and nobody, everybody else had to fight for scraps. But uh, it is in the context of this country, it is a myth that you're being sold. Um, because what we also know about affirmative action is that it's exercised for rich white people all the time in the form of legacy admissions. <laughs> so it's the same thing with with tax cuts. It's just a lie. Um, you know, if you give rich people more, they're not going to share it with you. Uh, and if you don't get anything, they'll still get it. I mean, it's, you know, it's just, it's, it is not a merit-based system by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, just another thing I want to point out about the Supreme Court is, and some, I think maybe Jennifer Rubin tweeted some version of this yesterday, is that, you know, what is on display also is just the ways in which the three uh, women on, on the right side of the court, meaning the correct side of the court, Sotomayor, Kagan and uh, Justice Jackson are perform at levels so much higher than their counterpart, their illegitimate counterparts on the wrong side of the court, that it is quite stunning. And it just shows you how much better you have to be. Um, you know, I'm thinking particularly of Justice Jackson and Justice Sotomayor uh, than your privileged uh white counterparts sorry <laughs> a little out of breath this whole thing is just just kind of make and just really quickly Dahlia can you share with everybody what Alito said about uh Senator Warren because some people missed it uh yeah he was talking about um I'm just trying to get the exact quote but he was talking about um, you know, the, the, the issue in both cases was whether um, race conscious admissions can be possible in higher education. There was one case that comes up from UNC, one case that comes up um, from Harvard, and one is a statutory case, one is a constitutional case. And um, uh, Alito was in a colloquy with uh, North Carolina's Solicitor General, uh, Ryan Park, who was defending uh, the UNC affirmative action um, policy. And Alito was kind of pressing him on, you know, why students can or cannot uh, cite to their family's racial heritage. And then he quipped, haha, hilariously, quote, it's family lore that we have an ancestor who was an American Indian, which is, um, of course, a dig at Elizabeth Warren. Uh, but it was also... Um, you know, he, he, his exact quote was, I identify as an American Indian because I've always been told that some ancestor back in the old days uh, was an American Indian. And this was, of course, a reference to Elizabeth Warren, who had said, Alito um, said this? Uh, Alito, Alito said this in, in the like colloquy with, um, with Ryan Park. And it was one of those things that I guess you know, like his comments in Rome this summer, he thought were hilarious, but just so deeply beneath the dignity of, you know, his office. And everything so, he does is beneath the dignity of his office. Well, that, I mean, it's true, but it, it was, it was, you're right. I, I mean, stipulated, but it was just a chip shot. And it was, as I said, a shitty chip shot. And, um, you know, just wrong footed the SG who was just trying to do his job in defending this. And I think 
that, you know, Alito is just a seething bucket of grievance on his very best day. But this mm -hmm. was a real example of like letting it spill over in a way that was so cheap and tawdry and unseemly that for a lot of people watching, even I, who think I can never be surprised, was pretty gobsmacked. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, his chief justice, Clarence Thomas, was right there with him. Uh, it, it's easy to keep track of the horrors that happened yesterday. But uh, Tom, that and Thomas's befuddlement about what's diversity. <laughs> it's just, I mean, these, they have no, no, I mean, forget about shame. Obviously, they have no shame, but they have no self-awareness about what what they're doing. And we don't have time for this today. But after the election, I really do I, during one show want to spend a significant amount of time talking about what are, what we need to do about the Supreme Court or what need, what can be done about the Supreme Court within reason um, or without reason. I don't know. But but it, it, it this this cannot stand. It, it, it's too dangerous uh, to to um, whatever is left of our very uh, under the weather democracy. Um, Jen, in addition to that, it seems that. Um, Within about 30 seconds of uh, the Elon, whatever his name is, Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter, it, it devolved into the festering hellscape that we knew it would. But it just happened a lot more quickly than I think we thought. Um, and I, I think we need to make it clear why this matters. You know, it's it's a relatively small platform. But it does have an outsized influence. And, and also the fact of, you know, if, if free speech means letting in everybody, regardless of how vile they are. And I don't know about you guys, but my, my comments are just, you know, it used to be like 1% negative and now it's about 50-50. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite amazing how quickly that happens. I mean, I'm not leaving. And, and that's the other thing. I want us all to like state our position and explain why. Uh, and why it matters. Um, but, you know, and the other thing, Jen, is that, is that when when somebody with 100 million followers who now owns the fucking platform is spreading disinformation, it seems to me that that, you know, that gets amplified outside of the platform. And it really does matter. Yeah. I mean, just to be clear, I'm not leaving Twitter, <clears throat> although I am sort of staking claims on various other uh, platforms be and, and the main reason why I'm not leaving Twitter separate and apart from not seeding ground um, is because I like the community and actually um, I can't uh, I'm someone who who processes the world externally through words the same way that my husband processes everything through images and I literally cannot um, if I did not um, you know express myself through typing you know or tweeting or whatever, all this stuff that's think about how much I fucking tweet people. Can you imagine if that had no outlet, my brain would explode. So like, I, it's, it's not even therapy. It's like, I just have to communicate because that's just how I'm, I'm made. I just but want to say something really quickly to that point, because I think it's an important one. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, we, we were fine before Twitter we will be fine after, but before Twitter, we didn't know there was Twitter. So it literally has rearranged, especially during COVID and especially during the board nightmare years of the Trump administration, it has rearranged our ways of communing and uh, communicating with each other. So it's not like, oh, well, we'll just go back to pre 
pre-Twitter days. Right, and pre-Twitter days. I mean, I kept a diary, daily diary, since I was 14. And that's kind of lonely. Like, you know, I've gone back and looked yeah. at it and it's, you know, incredibly pretentious. And um, <laughs> it's not even about like, you know, I'm in love with this boy. It's all about like literature and theory and Foucault. I started to read that to my kids. They were like rolling their eyes saying we definitely would not have been friends. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I have friends on Twitter. But but I also really ramped up my use when your terrible uncle found that as a space that he was going to be, you know, this, this place to engage and to manipulate and all this stuff. And, you know, that's what that's what I, you know, I started the tax march there. I met Dahlia there. I met you there. I mean, I've met all these folks that are- I think I, I met really, all of you there. And I've actually met people in real life. So it's like a nice way to curate people, friendship. And I will not, and for me, it is oh, a place- Oh, except Brian, sorry. I, but it is a place where, unlike Instagram, because I'm not image-oriented- and unlike TikTok, because dear God, that's just not my milieu. I mean, I like watching it, but I'm not going to do that. This this comes naturally to me. I can't help. And it's a colossal waste of time, but it's my colossal waste of time. Um, well, I think time should be wasted. What are you, I mean, we only have mm -hmm. so much of it, but I mean, waste in a good way. Mm -hmm. um, at any rate, so this is what, you know, I like it. Um, but so it's both sort of, I like to express there. I like to connect there. I like to learn information there, but fundamentally I won't run away from a bully, but I also won't pay him money. So what, if he's really going to do this thing, offering me, you know, 90 days to pay up for my, my blue check, I'd be honored to let the check go. Like, I'm not going to be someone who pays to, but I don't want to give up my name. If he next says you have to pay, you know, it'd be one thing if he, one thing that would clear up the bots. And this is the last thing I'll say, if it were $1 a month for everybody to be on Twitter, so just $12 a year, for everybody, that wouldn't be bad because that would be a way of getting rid of maybe more bots. Um, everybody should be verified unless they have an anonymous, unless they have a good reason, like the way you have, um, you could say in my country, it's a threat for me to be here or whatever. But I think there could be a way, one account per IP address. There's a lot you could do for Twitter to make it more egalitarian um, and so on. Uh, oh. But I, I, I'm really waiting for the place to kind of crash and burn um and hopefully it will rise from the ashes and one last thing um i know i said the other thing was the last thing but i realized today my metaphor for what elon is doing to twitter is it's like a self-driving car mm -hmm. you know yes. that's just not gonna work yeah we're just waiting for it to burst into flames and hopefully nobody's inside of it but uh you know before i uh, turn to you brian i i'm gonna tweet this later um just trying to figure out how to formulate it elegantly enough um you know if you buy something for four times its value without figuring out if it generates sufficient income. And then after having purchased it, you see what I mean with the character limitations, this is going to be tricky. And then after having purchased it, decide that, oh my gosh, this isn't making any money. So I'm going to start charging people for some, an outrageous amount of money, by the way, $20 per month for fucking check mark. Um, I'm going to start charging people money for something that up to this point has been free for them, then you're an idiot. You're just an idiot who clearly hasn't ever made a dollar of, by your own effort. You know, you've done it by exploiting people in South Africa and inheriting it from daddy and taking over somebody else's company. And, you know, it's just, yeah, he's an, he's an idiot. Um, 
you know, uh, but that also having been said, I, I, none of us should be putting a dime in this person's uh, pocket. And either, you know, it's, he's going to have to change course because his own behavior alone is I'm sure going to make advertisers flee or it's just going to crash and burn and we'll figure it out on the other side. But yeah, in the meantime, stay and fight. And also for anybody out there who's tempted to pay for your check mark, paying for verica verification totally devalues what it means. So save your money. It's like a who's who, you know, they send you those old who's who things. And you're like, I'm going to be in the, nobody else. Yeah. Nobody I don't think anybody ever actually said that here, but somebody somewhere I'm sure is like, I'm going to be in who's who, and I'm just going to have to pay for it. It's not really yeah. like you're verified for achieving something. If you're giving people dough, it's like saying you're an alpha male. Um, basically you got to so, say it, you ain't it. Oh, like that uh, Australian dude who, who never yeah. you gotta say Nick Adams or something. Brian, yeah. hang on one second. Hi, Kurt. Uh, just how much time do we have you for? Uh, I'm good for a half hour. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Brian, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, uh, Jen, I love your uh, metaphor, but I think it's a self-driving dumpster fire. I don't even think it's a, a car at this point. It's just on rolling metaphor. down the hill. I, but as far as Twitter goes, look, man, it's if it's fight or flight, I, I'll fight. You know, I didn't run away from Donald Trump. Screw Elon Tusk. And uh, I'm not going to pay $20 a month to be verified. And, and for those who don't get the reference, that's a Rick and Morty reference where they where Rick and Morty diss Elon Musk and Elon Tusk in an alternate universe. You got to love it. Uh, but at bottom line, look, it, it free speech is, is an issue when the government tries to interfere, interfere with your speech. This guy is avoiding trying to avoid regulation because he's, he owns it himself. It's wholly owned by him. And that has to go back. You really need to go back to the robber barons in, in the turn of the 19th and 20, uh, 20th century when they owned all that media property and the, the government still broke it up. That's what you have to do. You have to apply some of the same standards that were applied to newspapers and, and also television stations and radio stations when they came in. This is just another platform for media. And yeah, we, they're not letting uh, Penguin buy Simon & Schuster. There's yeah, a reason for these things. Yeah, we have to uh, we, we have to approach Elon Musk and Twitter as if because it is right. a media platform. That's what it is. So quit dancing around the head of a pin. Apply the same standards that you applied to media companies at the turn of the century when by the way Teddy Roosevelt, a well-known Republican, was a trust buster and busted up the trust of large media companies. This has to be regulated. The wheels have to be put back on. And I'm sorry, Elon Musk, fly your cars in space all you want and leave the rest to us. We'll be fine without you. Stay in your lane, you moron. You gasping, illiterate. Mm. Sorry. That's very that's three stooges. Elegantly yeah, stated. Elegantly. was a pimp. He never cut out for Santino. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, it, it was good, and now and now we're we're going to turn to a much more fun topic: stochastic oh, terrorism, um, which is just getting worse by the second. So, Waj, um, can you first of all just explain briefly what it is so everybody's on the same page, and and then just uh, talk about the many many recent instances and uh, increasingly alarming instances of stochastic terrorism, which seems at this point aimed at completely dismantling our democratic republic. 
Yeah, so the right wing has uh, really excelled at stochastic terrorism. I think they've refined it like an art, and specifically it's the use of mass media and public communications to constantly demonize a particular group or person, to target them. And what happens is that even though violence is statistically likely, it cannot be predicted. So essentially, it's Fox and Tucker and the right wing media ecosystem targeting a specific group of people, promoting conspiracy theories, and then... When violence happens, they're like, well, we we didn't cause the violence. How did this happen all of a sudden? How out right. of all of a sudden that there is an increase of attack on poll workers and, and now politicians, obviously politicians, poll workers, uh, Mary FBI. After Donald Trump uh, said that there were the deep state, there was a man oh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, who tried to attack the freaking FBI office and he was killed, wins the Darwin Awards. But the reason why I mention this is people look at Pelosi and they forget. But you have to step back for a second. There has been an increase on poll workers. There's been an increase of violence on educators. There's been an increase in violence against journalists. There's been an increase in violence against politicians. Uh, there's been an increase in violence against the FBI and law enforcement, all coinciding with the rise of Donald Trump and literally the stochastic terrorism where we have now painted, not we, but Fox and the right wing have painted a big target on these specific individuals. When it comes to educators, it's the CRT theory. Educators are going to make your child gain into a transgender activist who hates white people. Poll workers. Now you see folks in Arizona, like literally taking guns and escorting out ACLU monitors, right? You see them with their masks, just sitting there chilling with their guns, intimidating both voters and poll watchers, right? You see the FBI now literally being attacked by Trump supporters. And now we see Paul Pelosi, the 82-year-old husband of Nancy Pelosi, violently attacked by a hammer by an individual who came there to assassinate Nancy Pelosi based on his own words and confession. And if you look at his own posts, it's a fever swamp of not just the extremist fringe Marriott that used to be the right wing, the mainstream, right? Uh, he tried to finish what the violent insurrectionists could not on January 6th. And the reason why I connect the dots is because there's such a fire hose of bullshittery that we forget the fact that Donald Trump stole classified documents, like that's no longer in the news. Like we, we forget that that's our fault. Direction. Like we're Americans. We have the attention span of like gnats on meth. No disrespect to gnats or meth. Um, and that's why I try to connect the dots for folks. And I think that's why the Paul Pelosi attack is so important. And my frustration with Democrats is if this was, God forbid, the shoe on the other foot and it was Kevin McCarthy's wife, this would be the leading news. They would connect all Every the dots. Day. Yeah. They would impugn the Democratic Party. They would trace it from the ideology to the media infrastructure to the politicians. Because what happened with Pelosi and the attack on Pelosi and Nancy Pelosi, it's literally Trump inciting violence, conspiracy theories, deep state, violent insurrection. Uh, this dude who was radicalized by the right wing shared all their... Uh, Basically, QAnon gingo. Yeah, and literally came there to kill them. And it, it just it boggles my mind why... If, if I may rant on this for 20 seconds, a week before the election, Republicans are hitting Democrats and Biden on being soft on crime, that Biden has not come out and connected the dots for folks. Anyway, but I digress. That's stochastic terrorism. And to really kind of connect the dots of what everyone is saying and leading it back to what Dahlia was saying at the beginning and, and how you framed it for those who are joining us, the zero-sum game mindset. If it's affirmative action, what's happening in the Supreme Court, if it's Elon Musk's takeover and dismantling of Twitter, if it's stochastic terrorism, 
it is all part and parcel of white supremacy. And I know some people might say like, oh, Waj, you're always talking about white supremacy. But that's what it is. There is a reason why Alito and yes, even people of color align themselves with white supremacy. Justice Thomas are so fixated on affirmative action. And if you read, if you listen to what they said yesterday, it just shows you their mindset, right? They think that the advancement of people of color and specifically people of color just being given an equal shot comes at their expense. If that's look, what they're told. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're told. If you look at the 2016 election, people of color said it is not economic anxiety. We're telling you, it's cultural anxiety. We were handed down J.D. Vance's hillbilly elegy. We were told you have to understand the rage and the anxiety of the white voter. We said, sure, but trust us on this. It is predominantly cultural anxiety and racism. All the data has shown that the predominant factor that can, that can pretty much tell you why someone will go for Trump is racism and cultural anxiety, the fear of being replaced, Mary. And specifically not not people, economic anxiety? How no, not. Uh, so study sad. after study after study. And specifically, it's like, this is what it is. And yeah. this is the replacement theory. And this is yeah. the deep state conspiracy theory. Right. Women, Jews, gay folks, Muslims, immigrants of color are advancing and seeking to replace and weaken you, a white man. People with last names other than Brown and Smith and Miller. Exactly. And specifically, I'll end it on this, is that people of color are too stupid to come up with this plot. This is very important. There's no way that a black or a brown could could come up with this strategy. And, and perhaps, you, are you saying that they're smarter than me and that's why they're succeeding? No. Ah, it's the Jews. Of course. We're the smartest. Awesome. Those pesky Gentiles and Dahlias, they're so bright. They are using the people of color. They're the masterminds, the globalists. So you've been to a QAnon meeting. Listen, man. Anti-Semitism thrives, which is why we're not connecting the dots. And, and, And our communities, communities of color, historically, white supremacists have used divide and conquer. And that's why Kanye is so effective, because... They're like a black man is saying the anti And Marshall word. and Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker, he'll be the cultural validator. And now I'll get black and Jews to attack each other. And I'll sit there, muhaha, as the white supremacist, as the Bond villain, not realizing that they won't realize that I'm Thanos. So that's how it's all connected. You asked me a simple question. Uh, thank you for letting me go down the rabbit well, hole and connect the dots. It's, but really it, but it's not a, it's not a simple question. Uh, it, I mean, it, it you know, some in some ways, the way the mechanism of it is simple, but the way it's playing out isn't really. And, um, this isn't you know, new. I think it's no, it's 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 not new. And the problem is it's getting worse because it's never been appropriately because and directly addressed and of course there's the fact that the jews have all of the space lasers so what are the rest of- by the way just you know full disclosure i am an honorary jew and i do have an honorary space laser so don't fuck with me either um <laughs> but seriously i i mean it, I like it is blue, so right? that blue space laser is really cool yeah it's my favorite color um but but i think it is worth pointing out that you know uh What's his name? Kanye West um, said something vilely anti-Semitic and was appropriately, uh, I don't know, what's the word? Uh, deep platform. No, no, he was praised on the one hand, but on the other hand, he did lose a lot of endorsements. He lost some of his stuff. Sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, what, 
which is fine. But um, I, I think it that it also points to this racist double standard because Donald right. a week or two earlier said something equally vilely anti-Semitic. Right. He has much more influence uh, in this country. Yeah. And he's still the head of the fucking Republican Party. And he's still the fact, Kurt, that we are even having to ask the question, is Donald going to run? Do you think he'll run? Who else is going to run? Just shows us how broken we are because as watcher said you know we're not even talking about his his potential espionage and and treason um and because that stuff drops out the horrors get normalized and then we see that you know this attack which yes okay speaker pelosi wasn't home but it was an attack on her it was an attack on her office specifically you know, clearly echoing the democracy. Uh, January 6th yeah. attack. And it wasn't even above the fold. Kurt, help us understand I mean, what's happening. You know, it's been something watching um, Republicans go on TV. And, and, and they've been able to hide behind their typical both sidesism. You know, it's like, well, the rhetoric on all sides needs, needs to come down. What about Steve Scalise? And, and I keep waiting for the person at the under, on the other end of that conversation to say, yeah, but no elected Democrat in office was saying, shoot Steve Scalise. Right. No elected Democrat in office has been saying, hang Mike Pence. No elected Democrat in office has been advocating for the violent overthrow of, of political opponents. That's the difference. And Republicans keep getting, I tell you, the one thing Republicans do really, really well, and they've done this for a very long time, they work the referees better than anyone I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, back in the latter part of the 2000s, Congressman Lamar Smith was chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. He's a former congressman from Texas. And he started something called the Media Fairness Caucus. And the entire premise of this caucus was to call out the quote unquote liberal bias of the mainstream media. And they knew that there was going to be no change and how the media covers the various things that happen. But what they were banking on was by just kicking up enough dirt, making just enough noise that the media would relent by giving them, quote unquote, equal time. That they would at the very least, because they're so petrified of appearing bias and losing that self-righteousness that so many in the, in the mainstream media have, that they will give the other side the same amount of time to cover their ass. And... There is a direct line from when that effort started in the latter part of 2000s to where we are now and how Republicans routinely get away with the gaslighting. They get away with the both sidesism. That is the, that is the answer for everything that happens. When there's a mass shooting, it's, oh, well, but what about Antifa burning down cities? When it's a political assassination attempt, it's, well, the rhetoric on both sides is out of control. Uh, look at the, what Kathy Griffin did. Oh my God, like the, the, that's pretty much the entire Democratic Party, right? And uh, <laughs> the media, time and time again, allows them to get away with it because they are so afraid of appearing bias. And it's the classic adage of trying to appease your enemies at the expense of your friends. And it just, uh, it, 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 and it has created this situation where conspiracy theories can become known as truth where violence can be normalized. And I'm afraid that it's going to take Democrats getting assassinated before people snap back out of this on some degree. Um, you know, 
imagine how differently we would be talking about January. That's 6th. optimistic. They'll still be laughing, Kurt. Yeah. That's true. But but about yeah, I think denying it and saying it's a how, false flag. I'm sure. I think about how different January we would be talking about January six if they had actually succeeded in murdering a member of Congress of yeah. some kind. That's true. Um, yeah, I, 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 it, the fact that they didn't achieve their most craven intention has allowed them to escape that accountability, allowed the Republican Party to try to completely whitewash what has happened. And I think we're seeing that cycle repeat itself over and over again, just as Republicans have latched on to conspiracy theories to justify January 6th, they immediately went to that playbook the minute that the Pelosi thing happened. And they're going to keep doing that until there is actual, there's actually a dead body. I, Can I know, just throw in a quote from Ronald Reagan real quick to show you where this all started? 1964, Ronald Reagan made a speech in California when they were talking about uh, problems with underfed and poor people and uh, migrants and immigrants and minorities. And he said, we were told four years ago that 17 million people went to bed hungry every night. Well, that was probably true. They were all on a diet. He just made fun of poor, hungry people. Yes. And that's been the Republican mindset since for the last 60 years. This isn't changed. They amplify it by the use of social media. But Kurt and, and watch what you two were talking about. That this is all part and parcel of the Republican Party for the last two generations. And Ronald Reagan mainstreamed it, and he's the guy that set the table. And that's why you have six. I know, Mary, you, you don't want to talk too much about the Supreme Court, so I won't. I'll just simply say you have six very conservative Catholics on the Supreme Court because of the moves made by Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan. This is yeah. where this is where it all started. Um, it 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 definitely goes far farther back a very long well it goes back forever honestly because again we've never done the work i hate that ronald needed reagan. to be You're i right. hate i hate ronald reagan more than i can tell you and i have <laughs> i hate I ronald reagan too it. yeah they also hate him if you hate him raise your head we all hate him i that think he's good. the master of disaster the guy who started it all um i, I have just, to interject i'm sorry mary it's a rule and mike elementary school carpool mrs zick looked at me when i said i hated richard nixon and she said jenny taub and our family hate is a spanking word. So I just want to warn you. Well, yeah, well, you know like what? It's, it's, it's impossible. <laughs> I don't like going around hating people all the time either. But it's like, what? what is, yeah. It's like, let's use the energy from from our, our righteous. That was ironic. It is righteous hatred. I want to take a very quick moment to, to say, first of all, uh, it's, it's a little belated, but happy birthday to Kurt and Adam, who share a birthday with my daughter, which is awesome. <laughs> a very crowded day. Uh, and, and happy birthday to Waj today. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Should we sing? No. No, <laughs> we should not sing. We should absolutely not 42, sing. 42, huh? Almost mid-40s, Waj. I don't uh, know. God, I, you... I, I, now, I now dream of Metamucil and Vicks. It happened sure. right when I Jesus woke up. Jesus Christ. Start to hurt a Waj. little bit more, you know... <laughs> That's a, that's planning a little too far ahead. But just, come on, you're a baby. Um, so I just want to no 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 Marilyn Brian, Monroe that, that was very disturbing and, and will haunt my dreams. <laughs> yeah, that, let's not let's not go there. But um, I just want two things uh, about what Kurt said, and then and then Cliff to you. I I honestly I'm beginning to think it isn't anymore that the media reacting to uh, accusations of liberal bias. 
I think they're, you know, corporate media has shifted us, uh, you know, them away from that. And I think it's just, it's just the culture now, um, which is, I think worse, <laughs> but it's either way we get, we get the same result. And because nobody, um, nobody at the head of January 6th, and, and I, I mean, I, aside from Proud Boys, but I mean, you know, the instigators, the planners, the, um, you know, the Donald Trumps and Mark Meadows and on and on. None of those people has been held accountable yet. It's not even an issue in the 2022 midterms, which is absolutely mind blowing. And again, you know, we've heard so much worse about what Donald's gotten away with so far. It normalizes such behavior that I think you're right. On January 6th, if they had succeeded in murdering one of our Congress people, that would have changed uh, the the path that has been gone down by congressional Republicans. Um, not Donald, of course, but congressional Republicans. So. But now, I don't think I don't think if 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 the worst had happened in San Francisco, I don't think it would have changed anything on the right. Nope. No, they, they went out and made fun of it. I mean, if you have so little empathy, look, this isn't even about politics. Look at the facts. 82 year old man beaten, sent to a hospital has to undergo surgery. When a man intrudes into his house, the, the age potentially of his own grandson, what 42 year old man goes out and beats the hell out of his 82 year old grandfather. If you have no empathy for that, regardless of politics, you're the problem. And of course, Donald Trump, Mary, you nail it every time. He empowered all of this. This yeah. is this is all in. He's a symptom of his times. And as a symptom, he exacerbated the, the other symptoms. He's a cancer, man. That's all it is. And it will be years before we excise it from our systems, from our political system. But let's not even look at this as politics. Let's look at it as what it was. An elderly 82-year-old man attacked in his home by a crazed lunatic with a freaking hammer. How yeah, can you not? The culture of their party not? is right. empathy is weakness. And yeah, so, empathy is not weakness. It, empathy is strength. You can't empathy be empathy. Hold on a second. Hold or on a second. Hang on a second. Yeah. Um, I, yes, if we look at it purely in human terms, it's just insane that anybody would be think that this is a joke. The problem is it 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 is uh, it was a political an attempted political assassination, and that's not even in the conversation. And the people who are making light of it, mocking it, both sidesing it, blaming Democrats for their rhetoric, are at the top of the Republican Party or and yeah. or running for office next week. Mm -hmm. We've got seven days and. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cliff, very quickly before I go to you, I just want to say that we've need. I think we need to stop uh, asking rhetorical questions like, "Does the Republican Party have no shame?" Of course, um, they have no shame. You know, to get to cow, can they not? But they don't care. That There's something broken about them, and we need to stop pretending that they can be rehabilitated in any way whatsoever. The only thing we can do is crush them electorally. Uh, Cliff. Are you, 
be tossing this to me. I think I said Cliff. Is somebody, unless yeah, we have I other Cliffs hear, here? I, I, I didn't hear, <laughs> I apologize. It's okay. I was too busy thinking about Brian Karam singing happy birthday. I, you had birthday. to bring it up again? Yeah, I did. Um, like just, Marilyn? We all need a good laugh here and there. Um, yeah, well, funny. I mean, no we've kidding. gone through a couple of threads here. Like, you know, I hate, I always hate it to be any kind of Cassandra on this stuff, but I, look, I, I worked as the liberal, you know, at Sinclair uh, Broadcasting in 2004, debating all of the right-wingers. I wrote a piece for the New York Times on it, expose or something like, oh God, Brian, um, something like that. And, you know, I saw it from within and was saying back then and talking about the dangerous things that they were sharing across the country. People didn't know because you knew Fox News disagreed, but this is local news in, in markets. The dangerous things they were saying, the demonizing of people that this was going to lead to stochastic terrorism. And at the very same time, and let's call it now the mid, like it was around the 2016, so not so a little bit later on, around the 2016 or so, um, you know, when they were having the Republican debates, okay? I was on the board of Planned Parenthood here in Ohio. And Ted Cruz got up on the stage and talked about baby parts. You may remember that video, that bullshit fucking video that they made up about a live baby. And they're still saying that shit, by the way, and never being punished for it. And within a few weeks, a guy muttering about baby parts walked into a Planned Parenthood in Colorado Springs and shot and fucking murdered, didn't kill, he didn't, let's not put this nicely, he murdered people. And he did it because of what Ted Cruz said. He was uttering the exact same phrase. And so we've had the proof here for a while. The problem, again, is there is nothing that we, we've sat here and allowed media rules. Everybody's talking about the 80s, Reagan, whatever. We've allowed media rules to fall by the wayside. We've allowed, we on the left and people in the middle have just sort of said, oh, 660 companies are now six that control everything? Yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. All the lessons we learned from, quite frankly, fascism, World War II, Nazism, and Mussolini, and how they controlled, we learned these lessons, and there's a reason we set up our media, the way we set up, because we realized anybody having a certain amount of power was a danger to our democracy. And what we've done is spent the last 70 years forgetting that, particularly post-1980s, and allowing sick people, Rupert Murdoch and Elon Musk and evil people who, who again, are these toxic, insecure, like white males who essentially are, are like are self-loathing. It's always the same ones, right? Who think they deserve more respect and deserve more love. And that's why they speak to them, these masses of these white guys who love them because they all feel the same damn way. And they feel like these guys have, have empowered them, Donald Trump and Elon Musk. And so, and we just sat there and did it again. You're right about like to bring this whole thread together of what we talked about earlier. Yeah, is Twitter the like the most important place in the world? No, but there are a lot of journalists on there. It affects what people talk about, and and there were there even there was talk that you know Elon Musk coming in with his playing footsie with Putin and he and Saudi ownership and I don't think it was and, footsie and, and Chinese ownership that we weren't going to allow. Cares. Where did you go, Mary? I was canceled. Why Thanos? So we allowed. I snapped. I snapped, and I said, "There's there enough to marry." We, we basically it was a Jewish space laser. Hold on, sorry, Cliff, I'm we're sorry. cutting you off because we. Sorry, sorry, Kurt. I disappeared, Cliff. and Cliff didn't even notice because he was on a tear. Sorry, I was, Cliff. I just want to see this. We allowed. We just the way we allowed Rupert Murdoch to set up. You know what he set up in Salem Radio to corrupt what they've corrupted, and Sinclair to corrupt, and all that. We just sat here 
And on national security grounds, the Biden administration could have stopped Musk, particularly with the Saudis, Chinese, and we didn't. We just watched somebody else, the way we've watched right-wingers take over Politico and The Hill and Newsweek. And like, when does it fucking stop? Like, when do we say enough and we care about our democracy and we're not going to just let them steam pipe bullshit to people? It's money, my friend. All right, Cliff, thank you. Feel better. Keep us posted. Me? I said Cliff. Kurt. God. Oh, (laughs) Sorry, we'll you guys look so much alike. I just I mean, oh, 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 here we go. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> well, I have as they said, you know, I have some not Native American but Asian ancestry. So oh, I, well see. Well, there you go, my brother. Okay. Hey, can I jump in here? Kurt. Thanks, guys. It was good seeing yeah. you. Well, happy birthday, Wash. Hi, Kurt. Thanks, happy Kurt. Uh, Jen, just one second quickly. Okay. Um I just want to make it very clear to people watching that um political violence or calls for political violence of any kind are disgusting. So if you claim to be a Democrat or a liberal or a progressive and you're advocating for violence and murder of people on the other side, you're just as bad as they are. Fuck off, please. Thank you very much. Jen, go ahead. Why, thank you, Mary. And I agree. And we'll also add, this is uh, more in response to what Cliff said than the fuck off point that you made. um, So, is that what is that was <laughs> looking looking for um you know some sort of glimmer of hope or some sort of you know I don't know sun sun ray through the clouds is this one key thing that we've been talking about is the danger of and result of media consolidation and um, we just saw yesterday a sign that maybe the antitrust laws are going to be enforced in the United States and uh, a judge decided to block the merger of Penguin Random House, my publisher, um, and Simon and & Schuster. Um, and so, you know, yay, yay team, um, team justice, because consolidation will hurt authors, it will hurt readers. Um, and I hope that perhaps uh, they can start breaking up uh, big um, big tech, or I should call it big, big social media, and, you know, big cable and, you know, we don't really have, we really don't have choices. And, you know, something that Zephyr Teachout and others talk about um, that, and I trust after the Bork era, they made it all about competition, but that's not what the Brandeisian idea of antitrust was about. As we all know, it was also about power corrupting and absolute power corrupting. Absolutely. Et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. Okay. Thank well, you for my mini Ted talk. Uh, Dahlia, hang on, uh, Brian, Dahlia. Um, two quick things, and then I have to go. <clears throat> One of them is I want to amplify something that Brian uh, and Waj and Cliff all said, and I and Kurt said, which is there's a difference between whataboutism and both sidesism, mm-hmm. and directly inciting violence. That's the stochastic terror piece. But then there's a piece we haven't talked about, which is the making light of it, and whether it's Governor Youngkin or Carrie Lake or um, Donald Trump's spawn. Um, The idea that this is turned into um, comedic stylings of, um, you know, proto-fascists and authoritarianism is one more piece of this that I think we need to add to the conversation because it's just fundamentally a way of dehumanizing 
uh, mm -hmm. people who are really hurt. And so to yep. Brian's point that, you know, an 82 year old man was hospitalized and they were just blathering about, you know, he brought it upon himself or, you know, ha ha ha, there's no security at the Pelosi household. I think the deeper problem is that when you start to do like this as comedy and you start to tell your followers that not only is there nothing wrong with violence, but either this is a false flag and didn't happen or um, it's hilarious you are absolutely throwing fuel on the flames. And I think we have to just be really clear that this is another authoritarian move, you know, to diminish and minimize, not just what, what aboutism, not just deflection, but actually saying we embrace this, it's funny, is another step down the rabbit hole that I think Waj started with. And then I'm just before I go, I will say largely on the advice of this collective, um, didn't leave Twitter this week. I'm the weird person who was off it for 10 years, got back on it just this summer um, for my book launch. But I would just say, um, I really think, and I think a lot of you have made this point in private, but I want to say it explicitly, that to seed the space is not to win. <laughs> to seed the space is to say that everybody who is listening to us and who cares what we have to say and who is seeking truth on Twitter has to try to find us somewhere else. And I just don't agree that I, I agree with it, you. Is the, it is the work of people who are, you know, who have put their trust in, in all of you uh, to try to find you somewhere else. And so I just really strongly feel, I guess I agree with Jen. I think this is a recipe for disaster. I don't see how this ends well, but I think we have an obligation to stick it out and fight the lying and fight the, you know, people who think this is all hilarious, because if we don't do it on this ground, we've just given this ground away. So that's oh, I'm, I ain't going anywhere. I'm so sorry. I missed that. But I think Elon married. Musk is trying to get rid of me. Um, Mary, do but, not use a space laser when you're also trying to zoom. It doesn't work. <laughs> I, I have to work on that. Dahlia, feel better. Keep us posted. Feel but, better, Dahlia. See you, um, Dahlia. I, Mary, the one thing that Jen said, you got to you got to give it to her because Jen, you, you nailed something that's really important. And that is, man, if you don't, if you don't diversify media, we're all screwed. Yeah. End of story. Yeah. And uh, uh, Waj, I know uh, you want to say, jump in, but um, before you do, I just, we're, we're almost out of time. So uh, Waj, after you say what you have in mind to say, I also want everybody to do what, what Dolly just said, make a closing argument for why you're staying on Twitter. If you are, or why you're leaving, if you're leaving. Uh, and, a uh, closing argument for uh, the midterms. So go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Dahlia, as always, uh, comes up with the brilliant point right before me. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and No pressure. And, and she mentioned exactly what I wanted to say is that we've already seen, we don't need to do hypotheticals, everyone. You know, what would happen if, God forbid, someone died? Paul Pelosi almost died. And the day that he almost died, Glenn Youngkin made a joke. And then when he was asked about it, he doubled down on it and didn't yep. apologize. Yep. As Cliff said, empathy, I don't know if people caught it. Empathy is seen as weakness. And I don't know if people have followed this, but Jen actually shared this uh, tweet where Trump calls Pelosi attack a sad situation. He shared a conspiracy theory. Uh, and I won't repeat the conspiracy theory. And that's Trump today promoting the conspiracy theory about the gay lover and like, you know, yeah. they knew each other. And, and that so would be Donald, not me, just so we're clear. Yeah, Donald, Donald Trump. Uh, and so the fact is that this is coming from their their leader. And when their leader and his minions and the elected officials are making light of an 82 year old man almost being killed and a political attempted assassination of Nancy Pelosi, one of the highest ranking Democrats, and they're using it as memes and fodder for jokes on Halloween and still promoting conspiracy theories. 
what do you think they're going to do to you? And yep. if they came to kill Mike Pence, the whitest, most conservative and Christian man on earth, because he would not validate the John Eastman's coup, what do you think they're going to do to you? And so if you just sit back for a second and look at the end game, the end game is they want power by any means necessary. They'll take out election workers, educators, elected officials. They'll take out their own. Mike Pence, Brad oh. Raffensperger, Georgia Secretary of State, Rusty Bowers of Arizona, Liz Mother Effing Cheney, who and they've been doing it. Watch, not that you know they effect effect effect. They've been doing it, and and also you know when you all were saying like, oh, if Pelosi would have died, God forbid, uh, that would have been a wake up call. Nope, no, they would have joked about it, and sh sh like that's why I'm 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 really kind of doubling down here on this Paul Pelosi moment. And, and it's so frustrated that people aren't making a big deal about it. It's all there. It's like a beautiful microcosm that connects all the dots and gives you the warning sign of what will happen when they're in power. So to mm -hmm. answer your second question first, midterms, neck and neck races, very close. Arizona, Nevada, Georgia, Pennsylvania. We knew this would happen. The advantage is, is that historically, the political party that has the presidency loses. Here's a different way of looking at it. The fact that these races are so close is actually a, a pretty amazing testament to the Democrats. That's right. And the media we, don't put it in those terms at exactly, all. Exactly. Because people forget that historically, Obama, I don't care who it is, historically, Democrats are supposed to get wiped out, guys. Yep. The fact that it's so close with inflation, with high gas prices, and then again, it also sucks for whoever is the president because they get blamed for the economy or they get unfairly praised. This race is very close, and I want to connect the dots, and this is not two sides. This is not, oh, Republicans will come and it'll be the same old, same old. You do not have Democrats right now praising a potential assassination attempt on Mike Pence. You do not have them praising attacks on our poor, oftentimes people of color, poll workers, our poor teachers, law enforcement. We're dealing with a radicalized, weaponized movement that wants power by any means necessary, which then goes to the first question and final point that mary asked why i'm staying on twitter this concept of don't seed the ground and i wrote an essay on it literally said don't seed the ground is if you look at the poll workers the school boards the hospital boards and if you literally just listen to republicans it's something called the precinct strategy local county by county across the nation they have a radicalized mobilized army which is a minority that uses violence and, and intimidation to let the to take over spaces so they come in with their violent small mob. They shout down folks uh, at school boards. The people at the school boards go, F this, I'm tapping out. Mm -hmm. And then they come in and just take over. In the last year, what we've seen is that when the majority, and we have the majority mobilized, and we confront them at the school boards, guess who wins, guys? We win. Polls, we win. Hospital boards, we win. Uh, and when it comes to the digital spaces, this is Elon Musk and other fickle white billionaire men He's not that stupid. He knows he's not going to get money off of Twitter, but he did it He did it for power and control because he's so upset that there is a forum that the average Jose and Joe can use to mock him and go against those people in power. That's what pissed him off. That's why he did and that's why he was egged on. He just so wants have, to be part of the conversation. Exactly. We have the space where we can mock him to his face. We can congregate and we can mobilize. That's why I won't see the ground. And even if Twitter falls like MySpace before it, we will inshallah find another place but the the main thing is they want you to tap out that's yep. how fascism wins that's through right. your exhaustion you feel like there's nothing you can do i'm a nobody what can i do i'm gonna tap out i'm just gonna protect my own and this is how they carve through us like butter it's a moment 
We have a week left. Polls are tight. Stay in, organize, mobilize, vote, fight. And if you don't think that works, look at Brazil, where That's Lula right. beat Bo uh, Bolsonaro despite all the intimidation, 51% to 49%. It's going to come to the margins. But they right. did it in Brazil. They give an FU to MAGA and Bolsonaro and authoritarianism. Inshallah, we can do it here. And that actually might end up saving the planet um, because yeah. of what Bolsonaro did to the uh, rainforest. And um, Cliff, really quickly before you go, uh, before you answer, um, I just wanted to say something that I've completely forgotten. So go ahead, Cliff. Oh, sorry. It's, it's one uh, of those I things. Mean, to jump off Waj's point completely, you know, this is their natural state of being, right? What they were used to, the people that have become the Republican Party today, were being slave owners where you had you had slaves who massly, vastly outnumbered the number of slave owners. And of course, they were used to their little their minority being the ones who remained in control by making sure no one else had any power, any ability to vote. Any, and it, it went up through Jim Crow in these states that were large. So they're used to being able to come in and they're used to pushing everybody out. There's no way I'm leaving Twitter. He may kick me off because I'm going to keep insulting him every day. But as far as I'm concerned, um, I, I fucking hate bullies. I have my whole life. I will not see ground to them. I will not give in to them. I will not rhetorically give in to them. I will not physically give in to them. So as far as I'm concerned, um, I'm going to stay. I'm going to fight them. I'm going to keep insulting them. I'm going to keep mocking them. I'm going to keep doing everything that I do on there. And I feel like we all need to. This guy's an idiot. He's, if advertisers flee, he bought something for $44 billion that made $5 billion last year or whatever in revenue. He, he's he's, he's going to go bankrupt. And he may have to end up selling it to somebody else. And if the end result is the place gets to be such a ridiculous place that so many people leave that it loses all value. Yeah, look, I've opened an account at Counter Social. I'm probably going to open one at Mastodon. I'm, I'm on YouTube. I'm on you know Facebook as much as I don't love that place. Who knew that Facebook would become the less noxious one? Um, but you know, I will, I will say you, I will not voluntarily leave Twitter. They will have to throw me off. And that's why, because I will cede no ground and then fuck them. Yeah, that's absolutely. Why. And uh, Brian, before you go, I just, I, I, I remembered your I point. Recovered my thought. Um, you know, and, and Waj said a version of this. Um, we need to flood the zone. And, 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 you know, we're, we'll talk about, we're going to start talking about this kind of thing after the midterms, because as soon as the midterms are over, we are we are on the 2024 election and and figuring out how to prepare and not be left, uh, you know, one or two weeks out. Just, I don't know, living in terror uh, that democracy is going to be over. And obviously that conversation will be completely altered depending on what happens next week. But, you know, when when you see a couple of assholes sitting in folding chairs with AK-47s and masks on and taking pictures of the license plates of people who are just trying to drop off their ballot. I, for every one of those, I want two people to come in, sit near them, and just be knitting or something. Hmm. You know, I mean, we can do that. Same thing, school boards. Um, like like Wash said, we cannot keep letting them get away with it just because they're they're scary. They're not. They're pathetic. Anybody, any grown man who needs to walk around with a weapon of war doesn't have any courage at all. So let's mock them, please. Brian, go ahead. <laughs> well, that's my, I'm not going to mock them now. I'm going to mock them with facts and I'm not going anywhere. I'd rather so, mock them with knitting, but that's okay. It's, it's, facts work. That's a fact. That's that a, works for each that person. That works. But uh, if you can't the knit. other point about not seeding ground, 
look, Donald Trump tried to take away my press pass three yeah. times. I sued him and won in court three times. I ain't going anywhere. Fuck them. Elon Musk is no better than Donald Trump and probably not anywhere near as intelligent as Donald Trump. He's That's Donald scary. Trump's little minion. Wow. So I ain't going anywhere for Elon Musk. And the real reason why is because it was, and, and Cliff, you both spoke to that. It, the militant minority cannot defeat the majority if the this is a numbers game. It has always been a numbers game. And if you let them chase you out of your space, they win. And I, I'm sorry, I have children and grandchildren that I would love to see live on this planet in a democracy where people are mm -hmm. treated, all everyone is treated equally and equitably. Screw Elon Musk, screw Donald Trump, and screw anybody. That, you know, they, I, I saw, you know, Mary, to your point, there's a place in Southern Maryland where they were set up with, with you know, out in um, Southern Maryland where they set up trying to intimidate voters. And I walked up and I said, uh, what do you think you're going to accomplish? I mean, are you going to shoot them? And, and well, we're here to let them know that we mean business. And I'm going, well, good for you. I mean business. I'm going to go mm -hmm. vote. Fuck you. <laughs> Leave it at that. That's all it is. They're a bunch of freaking morons. They're strutting around like little uh, Annie roosters. And they've got nothing. If you allow yourself to be the hen, they're going to henpeck you. So right. don't let it happen. It's that simple. Screw them. Go on with your life. If Absolutely. No matter how difficult it is, vote. Absolutely. Jen? Okay, I'll start with voting. Um, <clears throat> believe it or not, even as clear as we think we are about things like registering to vote and vote voting, some people don't really, they come from families where maybe voting isn't a tradition, um, and they don't really know things. So let me tell you what happened um, a couple years ago, it, it during or two, four years ago during the last midterms. I knew someone, a young person in her 20s, who um, wasn't sure if she was going to vote because she wasn't sure if she had registered this election because people keep saying register, register, register. She believed that every single election you had to re-register. She didn't know that she had voted two years before. So a couple of things at this point, if you know somebody, ask them, check your registration because you might be registered even if you think you're not. Check your polling place. They move. And also, I think we need to find a way to get people to the polls. The right. bigger I'm obstacle for most people isn't the fear of someone sitting there intimidating them. It's figuring out how they're going to get a ride to the polls, how they're going to. And I've heard that Lyft is giving discounted and sometimes free rides. Mm -hmm. But there are places like your senior center in your town or another place is the YMCA in your town, a place where you know, young people and they're, you know, 18 and older need a ride, you know, ask the, you know, some people have turned 18, they're in high school or college kids or whatever. Think strategically about offering someone a ride to the polls so they can plan their vote. And I know there's early voting, but again, be educated. The early voting place is not the same place usually as your polling right. place. It's not. I Don't just confuse people and don't confuse yourself. So I think the most important thing is vote early yourself. And then find a way to get people a ride, at least one person, a ride to the poll on Tuesday um, to vote right. and stand with them and pack some lunches. Um, again, find a friend, help them vote. And this, um, yeah. just, 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 just well, let me just say this very quickly. If you're in, also, if you're scared of the folks who are going to be there who may try to intimidate you, go with friends. Like, yep. There's strength in numbers. Don't not vote. Go with a group. That's right. And, and also... Um, realize that not everybody 
either has access to the internet or knows how to use the internet properly. So um, just because, you know, we can all Google, where's my early voting place? Not everybody can. So make sure that people around you, especially, I, well, I don't want to make a, a um, stereotype, but if there's anybody you think may not be conversant with Googling or what have you, help them out. It's, it's really, uh, you know, we, we need to think about, we need to realize that not everybody has the same access, not everybody has the same tech savvy, not everybody has the information, not everybody feels safe. And in many places in this country, they have every right not to. Uh, and they, well, by, by what I mean is it makes sense that they would not feel safe. The only way to change that, though, is for Democrats to win and get crushing minorities, uh, majority... <laughs> I should I should quit while I'm behind. That's the Republicans. Uh, the Democrats them. need to win in <laughs> such huge numbers that we can put a stop to this insanity. Our country, our our democracy, such as it is, is slipping through our fingers. And I I don't think this is an overstatement. We've all been saying this for a very long time. This may well be the last free and fair election in the United States of America. Gas prices are going to go up and down. Inflation is going to go up and down. We did something extraordinary in 2020. And I don't think the media framed it properly. We snatched democracy from the jaws of autocracy. Let's not put ourselves in a position of having to do that again, because once autocracy actually takes hold, that becomes much more difficult if not impossible. So vote and, uh, you know, understand as, as everybody here has, has tried to do, um, just make it clear really what is at stake. And, um, even our, our masked nerd Avenger. Um, and, and I also want to think, I know you guys have all been under the weather. Uh, so, I think everybody except Brian, who seems immune, probably because of bourbon and edibles. Everybody today <laughs> who is here today um, is is sick currently or has been very recently. So so thank you for for being uh, such great troopers and uh, for everything you do. Um, I hope uh, all of you can join us for our watch party. <laughs> next uh tuesday at, starting at 9 p.m eastern i i'd like to say it's going to be fun but i'm not <laughs> entirely sure it will be and regardless of the outcome even if we don't know the outcome um we are going to have an emergency session on wednesday to sift through the results uh or you know analyze where races still haven't been called and what that means so everybody watching thank you and you know, stay tuned for that. Uh, so Dahlia Lithwick, uh, who I really, please, Dahlia, get better. Uh, Kurt Bardella, same to you, uh, Kurt. Um, Cliff Schechter, Brian Karam, happy birthday, Waj Ali. Thank you. Gentile, uh, thank you, my friends. I will see you next week. Thank you uh, to my Nerd Avengers uh, who were like, seriously like everybody's uh, um, working at a deficit 
but uh, you know, as usual, they totally, totally pulled through. Uh, so thank them for that, and thank all of you as always. Uh, one for for being here, two for staying on top of the comments and and helping us know who to block uh, because um, you know this is our house and we get to decide who gets to be here. And unlike Elon Musk, um, we don't appreciate racist, violent trolls or anti-Semitic ones or anything else. So thanks for that and flagging people for us. Um, so I just want to let you know that uh, we have something special planned for this coming Thursday. The show will be, be at its regular time. That's 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at youtube.com slash Politicon. Uh, and of course, we will be here next to, uh, oh wait, no, sorry, there will not be, there will not be a regular show during the day on Tuesday, but at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, also at youtube.com slash Politicon, we will have the Nerd Adventure election night watch party. Uh, Going to have lots of special guests coming in and out. Uh, you know, we're still working out the logistics and, you know, we'll keep you posted on that, but uh, that is definitely going to be worth checking it, checking out. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot going on. Every single house race is up. Some extraordinarily significant Senate races are up uh, governorships. And, you know, as you know, the fate of uh, American democracy is uh, on a knife's edge and we need those majorities uh, in the house and the Senate to increase. So really hope you will join us for that. And there also will be an emergency session next Wednesday. Don't know yet what time, but we'll let you know well before. And, um, and let's see, uh, while you're at YouTube's, uh, sorry, Politicon's YouTube page, uh, please subscribe to Politicon um, because that, that helps more people become aware of the show. It doesn't cost anything. You can like the episode. You can leave a, leave a comment there. Click on that bell so you will be notified anytime a new episode drops. And that includes, uh, you know, our emergency sessions and our live streams. Um, and, you know, I haven't, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of <laughs> uh, not feeling great. Um, so I haven't been doing short videos, but that that is going to start up again as soon as, um, as soon as I feel better. Also, you can listen to the show in podcast form on, on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And, it, you know, if you leave a five-star review, one, really appreciate it. And uh, two, it helps other people find the show. So that's important for us as well. And I think that does it for us today. Again, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Um, Sorry. That's next week. I'm really sorry, guys. I'm so not feeling well. Uh, this coming Thursday, the show will be at the regular time, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and it's going to be a slightly different format. Uh, we're going to have a little pre-election thing happening. So please do be there. 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. I said 9 p.m. I'm like, that sounds really late. I don't know if I'm going to be able to stay awake for that. Uh, but no, Thursday show, regular time. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you there. In the meantime, please... Stay safe and be kind. Mm -hmm.